Father, we give this time to you because we want to remember what you have done for us, that in your choice of us, you could only choose us because you gave us a Savior. You gave us your Son. I pray for us as we remember him this morning, and that you would give us eyes to see the true meaning of your word. You would give us eyes to see your Son for who he is. And I pray this in the great name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. As we come to our time around the Lord's table this morning, we're going to be looking at a passage that contains four witnesses to Jesus' deity. And each one of these witnesses will help us understand Jesus in the right light as we consider our time around his table today. So if you have a Bible with you, would you turn with me to John chapter 5? The men are going to be coming down the aisles, and if you don't have a Bible, simply raise your hand and they will put a copy of God's word in your hand so you can follow along as well. In John chapter 5, Jesus has just healed a man who has been sick for 38 years. And in divine providence, he did so on the Sabbath day. As usual, the Jewish leaders are nearby and they notice this. And there's a long conversation about Jesus. And he's explaining why it is that he did what he did. And in verses 17 and 18, he explains that the works he does, he does from his father. He makes clear reference to God in heaven being his father. The Jewish leaders don't miss this. They gather this. They accept this. They see this. And they contend with this because they know that in their old Old Testament law that no man's testimony of himself is worth anything. It's not valid unless it's been corroborated by others. So Jesus proceeds to give them four evidences, four witnesses to his deity. We're going to look at those one at a time, starting in verse 31 of John 5. The first testimony that Jesus gives to his own deity is his own testimony of himself, back in verse 17, where we read that Jesus was calling God his Father, making himself to be God, making himself to be equal with God. The Jews had enjoyed a relationship with God where he cared for them, and he cared for them well, as a father cares for a child. But Jesus was saying something very different than a paternal relationship with the Father in heaven. He was saying that he is identical in nature to God, just like any son is identical in his nature to his own father. Jesus was saying, I am eternal, I am righteous, and I am God. Jesus also points to the witness of his own works. We see that in verse 36. Jesus tells these men, The works which the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do, they testify about me. Jesus is referring here to his teaching and his miracles. His teaching was done at a level and with an authority that was beyond that of the most learned teacher in Israel. And his miracles were clearly something that no other man could perform Jesus was saying, these works that I perform bear evidence. They give witness to the fact that I am God, because these things are things that can be done only by one who is God. Thirdly, Jesus turns to the testimony of his own father. He refers back in verse 37 to his own baptism that takes place in Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist And a voice from heaven comes out and says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is the Father's testimony about Jesus. 
It's very similar to Jesus' testimony about himself. In the same way that Jesus refers to God as his father, Yahweh in heaven refers to Jesus as his beloved son. The father is saying that Jesus is identical in nature, in character, in righteousness, in every way possible to me. So the father in heaven also bears witness to the deity of his son, Jesus. And lastly, Jesus turns to the testimony or the witness of the Old Testament. We see that in verse 46. And he's speaking directly to these Jewish leaders, and Jesus says, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. The Old Testament brings into very sharp focus the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man and man's inability to reconcile himself to that holy God and the offense that man's sin is against God. But Jesus also knew to be true what Paul would later write to Timothy, that those sacred Old Testament writings are the very things that give you the wisdom for the salvation which comes through faith in Jesus Christ himself. So Jesus points to the Old Testament writings as the fourth witness to his own deity. So we have four witnesses that Jesus shares with these men that are evidences to his deity, evidences to the fact that he is indeed God. But we have to ask ourselves, why is that important to us this morning as we examine this passage in preparation for our time around the Lord's table? Part of the answer to that is found back in verse 36. Jesus says, my works testify about me that the Father has sent me. That the Father has actually sent me. Throughout scripture, God says, I'm a holy God. I am a righteous God. And I have no fellowship with sin. And I require that a sinful person bear my righteousness. They possess my righteousness if they want to be reconciled into fellowship with me. I reject every other form of righteousness that any sinful man would bring forward to me. But I have sent a part of myself, I have sent my son into this world, and he would do a specific work, a work beyond his teaching, a work beyond his miracles. And that work is that he would hang on a cross. And during the time that he would hang on the cross, he would receive within his own body God's avenging wrath against everybody who had placed their trust in that man who was on the cross. And God said, I am very pleased to reconcile to myself people who will put their trust in that Savior and make him their Savior and their Lord. So that's why we want to remember Jesus this morning. We want to remember him as the Son of God who had a specific work, and that work was to hang on a cross in place of everybody who would put their trust in him. So if you are here this morning and Jesus is your Master and your Lord, And it is your practice. It is the way of your life that you submit to Jesus as your master and your Lord. And you are growing in your sanctification and growing in your desire to follow him and obey him. This is a time to remember Christ together. When the elements come to you, take them and hold them. If there is ongoing sin in your life, turn from that and submit to the lordship of Jesus in your life. Remember what he did on the cross in your place and that you are free from the penalty of your sin. But this is a time for Christians to remember what Christ has done for them. If you're sitting in this room today and you have not embraced Christ as your Savior, you need to know that the most important thing you can do between today and the day that you die 
is to embrace Christ as your Savior and your Lord. You have no hope for salvation in eternity apart from Christ's blood on the cross in your place. If you'd like to know anything about that, speak with me or any one of the elders or any one of the people who are in the row with you about a relationship with Christ. We would love to talk with you more. So men, come forward and serve us. And when we've all had a chance to partake, I will pray.